as I mentioned in the meeting we had last night, I was, you know, praying and just asking the Lord for something for the new year. And I, I felt quickened just a couple of words from the book of Haggai. A couple of words for the book of Haggai. And if we turn to Haggai chapter chapter one. The first word was the first word I, I felt was just a shaking, a shaking. You know, we we we've seen a shaking, and I believe a shaking is is continuing. That you know, God would God would come, God would purge us, God would purify us. And in Haggai chapter two, and this is at a time it's interesting, it's a significant because the book of Haggai was written at a time of restoration. It was after the Babylonian captivity. It was after the, the Temple of Solomon had been destroyed. Seventy years had gone by. And, and then this decree of Cyrus and the children of Israel come back to their land. Just a small portion of them uh, compared with those who, who, who went there. And many just got become settled down in their lifestyle in Babylon. But there were those who, who, who heard the word of the Lord and who came back to restore Jerusalem. And that's as it was a time, as the book of Haggai, Haggai was the prophet. He prophesied to them. He encouraged them that they would go on, even in the midst of shaking, in the midst of hard times. He encouraged them. He helped them. He, he, he inspired them you know, to, to go on f for God. And in chapter 2, when he's writing, and, and so what happens is they come back, and they come back, and their goal, their ambition is to rebuild the temple. And they start building the temple, the, the restoration temple, and they lay the foundation. But then trouble comes, persecution comes, difficulties come, hardships come, and they, they stop. They stop working on the, the restoration temple. And about 16 years go by. And then after that time, about 16 years have gone by, then they, 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 they stop. I mean, they stop because of persecution, difficulties, problems. And then after about 16 years of stopping the work, then Haggai, he begins to prophesy and he speaks the word of the Lord and he encourages them. And he encourages them to, to get back to it, to, to restore the temple, to lay off doing your own thing and doing the work of God and, and doing the work of God. And, and in the book of Haggai, there's this word shaking, shake, shake or shaking. And we see it, we see it in various scriptures there. And the first one is in Haggai chapter 2, Haggai chapter 2 and in verse 6. And it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens. I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake, in verse 7, and again we see the same word mentioned again, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. 
And so again, we see in verse 6 and in verse 7, we see the, the word shake, or shaking. God's shaking. God will shake everything that can be shaken. And then again, over in chapter 2 and verse 21, the word of the Lord comes to Haggai, and he says, Speak to Zerubbabel. He was the governor of Judah. And say this, I will shake not only the earth this time, but he talks about the heavens. I will shake the heavens and the earth. So there's going to be a shaking in the heavens, in the earth, in the nations of the earth. But also there's a shaking in our own individual lives. There'll be a shaking in our church and I believe there's a, sh- and a shaking in our fellowship. And God is shaking everything that can be shaken. And through it, his purpose, through it, he is purging, he is cleansing, and he is, he is redeeming, and he's working out, you know, his will and his ways. And his purposes are being, being accomplished. And the Apostle Paul when he speaks about Zion in Hebrews in chapter 12, and he says, you call not, not just to Mount Sinai, not just to, to the mountain that burned with fire, but we're to go on higher, we're to go on deeper, we're to go on to Zion. And he said, you are coming to Mount Zion. And he speaks about Mount Zion and the glory of Zion. But then in that same chapter, in chapter 12, the apostle Paul, or, or the writer of the Hebrews, book of Hebrews, Again, again speaks about shaking. And in, in Hebrews 12, verse 26, it says, Whose voice then shook the earth, and now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. And this word, yet, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as things that are made, so that, th- so that those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Those things that cannot be shaken will, will remain. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God, our God, is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. So we see in Haggai, we see in Hebrews, you know, the nations are being shaken. And, you know, many nations today are in great turmoil. And, you know, incredible things are happening, things we would never have imagined nor dreamed of. And, you know, in the nations today, I mean, it is... It is very serious. And, I mean, there's nations like Iran uh, on, the, on the, the brink of having nuclear weapons. And they could easily use those weapons. Many times they've threatened to wipe out Israel from the, from the map, from, from the face of the earth. And they've spoken about that openly. Uh, and, and then with the uh, uh, alliance coming or a closer relationship coming between Iran and Russia, 
especially after what's happened, Russia, you know, invading Ukraine and war there. And, you know, there's a shaking, there's a shaking that is going on, you know, in the nations of the earth. And, but also there's a shaking too, in, in many different ways. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul there, he writes to the, he's writing to the Thessalonian believers. And he tells them that, that, that there's coming a time of difficulties. There's coming a time of hardships. And there'll be a falling away from law and order. A falling away from, 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 from law and order. And speaks again of those things that are shaken. Uh, uh, in, 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 in Thessalonians, it speaks of, of a falling away of law, of law and of order. And we're seeing that in many nations of the world. You know, laws are being cha changed. Laws that have, laws of the nations, which have been based, many of them have been based on, on biblical principles, on the Ten Commandments. And these laws have been changed and new laws set up, allowing man to marry man and woman to marry woman. And... You know, I mean, God is very clear. God created the male and female. And yet, you know, people today, I think, I think there's been over, a, I read one account of 100 cases where, where you know, young people said, who's who, who's feminine wants to be masculine. Those who are masculine want to be, want to be feminine, want to be a girl. And, and, and laws have been changed. Governments are promoting this, are allowing it. It's being taught in schools things that are an abomination unto the Lord. And so there's a shaking, there's a shaking that's going on in, in the nations. There's a falling away of law and order. We've seen this, you know, in America, just the, the eruption of, uh, of violence and chaos in a number of cities throughout the nation. And, you know, what is of man is going to fail, but only what is of God is going to remain. And not only the nations are being shaken, not only our nation is being shaken, but you know, churches are being shaken. And I believe I believe some of these mega mega churches, you know, which are, have compromised and gone the way of the world and gone to rock music and and who who don't believe parts of the word word of God. I mean I I believe some of these are gonna to come to nothing. And they're going, to, they're going to be shaken, and they're going to fall. But we know that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is eternal. The kingdom of God is everlasting. The kingdom of God will never fall. It can't be shaken. It cannot be removed. It cannot be moved. The kingdom of God is eternal. And therefore we should, you know, invest you know, our lives, our time, you know, in the things which will last forever, in the things which will go on for eternity, forever and ever and ever. And that's shaking, that's shaking. We, I mean, there has been a shaking. There's been a shaking over this last year. But that scripture, scripture about shaking was, I felt really quickened to me. And I believe that, that we're not through it yet. We're not through it yet. Uh, the shaking is, is going to continue, but back in ha in Habakkuk in chapter t in in Habakkuk in chapter two, and 
Another, another word there that I felt the Lord quickened to me, uh, and I believe that is a, is a key word, but it's a word that will you know, give us hope and for us to get our eyes upon. And in, Habak- in fact, one, that word is in the same, same verse as the shaking in, in Habakkuk, in Haggai 2 and verse 7. Haggai 2 and verse 7, and it says, I will shake, the na- shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house or this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And that second word was the word glory. Shaking was the first, second was glory, glory. And and in verse 7, both of those two words are mentioned. And it says, I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And then he says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine, gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. And silver and gold, you know, are going to be used for the literal building of the temple. And then that word glory again is used in verse 9 of chapter 2 in Haggai. And it says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace saith the Lord of hosts. So it speaks there of the glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former house. And it's interesting, in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Haggai, in verse 1 it says, in the seventh, in the seventh month, in the 21st day of the month. You know, what happened in the seventh month? Well, the seventh month, that was the, the month when that the, the, the most important feast of the year was celebrate, celebrated, the greatest feast, the feast of the feast of tabernacles, a time when the harvest was gathered in, the harvest of the olives, the whole harvest of the grapes, the harvest, uh, you know, of the summer fruits and the figs and the pomegranates were harvested, in. and so it was a time of great rejoicing, because the harvest was gathered, especially when they had a good harvest. And, and the glory of the Lord, the glory of God, and the glory comes. That's going to draw a harvest. It's going to draw a great harvest of souls. And, and Haggai, he prophesies of that glory and that glory coming. So I believe it's clear from the words of Haggai, you know, it's not just, not just a shaking that is coming. But, you know, we have a a wonderful hope. We can have a wonderful vision to look forward to and to press on towards is that of experiencing, experiencing the glory of God, you know, in our midst. And I believe with all my heart, God wants to, as I've said many times before, God's going to bring his literal, literal glory, you know, amongst us. And as we continue to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, put an emphasis on worship. I believe that's one of the keys of bringing in, bringing in the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Lord being increasingly greater and greater, you know, in our midst. And by the grace of God, I believe even that that glory of God, the literal manifest presence of God, the literal glory of God, 
will be manifest among us as God has shown to, to different ones through visions and dreams uh, that, that God has spoken. And so in verse 9, it says there, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former. Now, what does that mean? The glory of the latter house, the glory of the last day house, or the last day temple, shall be greater than the former. Now, those, there were some who had been, who, who, some, some of the people who were there at the, when, when the temple, when the restoration temple was completed, some of them had seen Solomon's temple and the glory of Solomon's temple, the magnificence of Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple was probably the greatest building in the world at that time. And some of the people in the time of Haggai, in the time of restoration, some of the older people, they were young at the time of Solomon's temple, and they'd seen the temple of Solomon. And then, because judgment comes, then they go into captivity in Babylon, 70 years is the captivity, and then God raises up the king, the Persian king, Persians, the Medes and Persians came after the Babylonians, and the, the, it was the Babylonians who destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the Temple of Solomon. The next kingdom was the, 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 the kingdom of the, the, the Medes and the Persians, and God prophesied about that, that first king of Persia, King Cyrus, and ye, about 150 years before he was born, he was prophesied about, and Isaiah prophesied ab about him, and he would make a decree, and he would, he would even pr provide provision so the children of Israel could go back to their own land and build again the temple of the Lord, the house of the Lord. Solomon's temple had been destroyed. And so they went in, they started building, they got a certain way, opposition, persecution, troubles came, they stopped, and then 15, 16 years went by, and then God raised up Haggai and Zechariah as well. And they prophesied to them to continue to build the temple. And so they hearkened to that prophesy, the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah as well, and then they started again, and then they were able to complete the temple in four more years. So after four years, that temple was the, the, the restoration temple, which was built under Joshua, uh, uh, Joshua um, Zerubbabel, the high priest, and Joshua Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest. It was built under, under their, uh, in, in their time, uh, and But that temple that was rebuilt, the restoration t temple under Zerubbabel and, and Joshua, in the time of Haggai when he was prophesying, it was it was nowhere near as glorious as the te te as the temple of Solomon. So back to this verse in verse nine, Haggai two verse nine, the glory of the this latter day house. In other words, the glory of the, the temple in the last days shall be greater 
than in the former times. And some of the old men, some of the young men, they were rejoicing because the Restoration Temple had been built. They rejoiced. But some of the old men who had seen the Temple of Solomon and, and how great it was in comparison, instead of rejoicing, they wept because it was nothing in comparison to Solomon's temple. So when it says the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, we see that it cannot be this temple in the restoration time. But it is another temple which has never yet been built. And that is the temple which we read about in the book of Ezekiel, the last from chapter 40 onwards. And it's a temple with specific measurements, and it speaks about the glory coming to that temple. It's never yet been built, but it will be built, and it will be built earlier in the millennium reign of Christ. After Jesus returns a second time, he's going to reign in Jerusalem as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and the temple will be built. And that temple in the millennium, that, that temple will be far greater than the temple which was built in the time of Haggai, the time of Zerubbabel, the, the, the governor. So the temple in the millennium will be much greater than the restoration temple, but it will also be mu much greater than the temple uh, built in the time of Solomon. So verse 9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. So naturally, spiritually. In the natural, the glory of the millennium temple, the temple in the millennium, will be far greater than the temple of Solomon. In the natural, there are two, two physical temples, both will be built. One has not yet been built. And the glory of Ezekiel's temple in the millennium will be greater than the glory of the temple, uh, will be greater than the, the temple in the glory of the millennium temple will be greater than the, the temple of Solomon, it will be also greater, much greater than the temple of the restoration period. And, and then it goes on, and it, but spiritually, the glory in the last days shall be greater than the glory in the early church. So those two physical temples, the millennial temple and the Solomon's temple, the millennium temple will be greater. But then spiritually, that we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And so the glory and the flow of the Spirit of life will be much greater in the last day church than it was in the early church. And in the early church, I mean, when God moved in the early church at Pentecost, 3,000 were saved. Many came to the Lord. Multitudes came to the Lord. Wonderful power and the presence of God, the power of God was manifest. And, you know, God moved in a, in a you know, made it, the last day church will be, will, be, will be much greater. And the anointing and the power of God and the glory of the last day church will be far greater than the glory that there was in the New Testament church, in the, which we read about in the book of Acts. And in verse 8, Acts, uh, Haggai 2 verse 8, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord 
of hosts. So he says, the silver and the gold. And so, you know, they need silver. Silver and gold can be used, and, and they were needed, you know, for the temple and for that restoration temple, and they will be needed in the millennium. And verse 9, again, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So we want to have an expectancy. And who knows, even this coming year can be the year that we at Mount Zion Church can experience, you know, in far greater ways than we have already, you know, that manifest presence of the living God. Maybe the glory of God literally, you know, will come in our midst. So, you know, in, in the light of these things, and in closing, from the book of Haggai, five times it says in the book of Haggai, consider your ways, consider your ways. At the beginning of a new year, I believe God wants us Consider our ways, consider our ways. In chapter 1 of Haggai in verse 5, and in, in verse 4, the prophet had to rebuke the people because and, and, and said to them, is it time for you to dwell in your own sealed houses and this house lie waste? So what had happened, they began to build the house of the Lord then opposition, persecution came. Then they stopped, and then they built all their. They were building their own houses, their own homes, and the prophet gave the word of the Lord. Is it time? Is this the right time? When the house of the Lord is not completed, is not built, to build your house, and said, "Is it? Is it? It's a question. Is it time for you to build your own?" sealed houses or, or nice houses. And this house, the temple, lie waste and nothing be done for the work of God. Consider your ways. You've sown much, you bring in little. You have, you, and you have not, you eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe, but there are none warm. And there is that earneth wages to put in a bag with holes. Isn't that reminiscent of many people today? They earn wages. They earn a good salary. But somehow, traffic fines or doctor's bills or this or that, you know, they don't, there's nothing left. They don't, they, it's a bit like a, going into a bag, money going into a bag with holes, bag with holes. In other words, look after yourself, you'll lose everything. Put God first and the house of the Lord first, you'll gain everything. And so five times in the book of Haggai, consider, consider your ways. Consider your ways. In other words, take a fresh stock of your life. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with the talents and abilities God's given us? What are we doing with our finances? And the result of them neglecting God's house you know, their labor, their work did not have the blessing of God upon it. 
You've sown much, you so much, you work hard, sow seed, but you bring in little. You know, how, how true today, how true today. You know, a number of years ago, America was the greatest credit nation on earth. Today, America is the greatest debit nation on earth. Huge debts, trillion, not just, not just millions, not just billions, but trillions of dollars we are in debt. And it's just a sign, you know, that the hand of God, we've turned as a nation, turned again, rejected the laws of God, thrown out Bible in schools, prayer in schools, and changed many laws. And then, you know, we suffer the consequences. Consider your ways, consider your ways. You know, if God's house is established, he will pour out his blessing. You know, in Babylon, the word, of, the word of the Lord was to plant vineyards, build, build their houses. That's when, that during that 70 years, that, that they were told to build their houses. But here, the prophet says, you know, the house of the Lord is not built. Consider your ways. That's more important than your house, than your, you know, flash house. So now... In Jerusalem, the word of the Lord had changed. They must consider, they must consider the house of the Lord. Consider the house of the Lord. And, you know, at the beginning of this year, let us take stock of our lives. Where are you putting our energies? Where are we putting our time? Where are we putting our finances God has blessed us. You know, many believers, I trust there's not too many here, but there's many believers, you know, involved in many activities. They may not be wrong, they may not be sin, but it's just time which is frittered away. You know, sometimes, you know, some people just sit in the, front of the TV, just hour after hour after hour after hour. Or play computer games, hour after hour after hour. And they consume our thoughts, our time, our attention, our energies, our money. And so let's just examine our hearts afresh. Consider our ways. Consider our ways. And it's only by His grace you know, that we would be stirred up to put our energies and strength behind the congregation of the righteous, you know, and, and seeking after God and meeting with the Lord, you know, in fresh ways. And I want to encourage you this year. You know, we, there's a few Bible reading plans left over at the back of the church where you can go through the whole Bible in, in one year. And... I encourage you, consider your ways, consider our ways. Read the word of God every day, every day. Read a portion. And if you can have a plan where you go through in a year, that, that is tremendous. But, but at least read the word of God. Otherwise, you're not going to grow spiritually. Emphasize prayer, prayer in your life individually to be, have a time of prayer every day. And then, you know, to congregate as we come together to pray and seek God together. 
And then to be faithful, to be faithful in our tithing and giving. That is the key. Often what we do with our finances in the natural releases spiritual blessings. And fourthly, you know, as we are faithful in church attendance, Psalm 26 and verse 8 says, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honour, or, or in the margin it's got the place where thy glory dwelleth, that we would love, you know, the house of the Lord, and we would love to be together with our brothers and sisters in the house of the Lord, you know, to worship the Lord together and to hear his precious word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you. And Lord, as we look to the future, Lord, we're living in very uncertain times. We're living in times that have never been before. We're living in times of shaking. We're living in times of judgment coming. But, oh God, we thank you for your promises. We thank you for the promises of the word of God. We thank you for the many prophetic words that you've spoken. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that even in these momentous times and days that we're living in, Lord, Lord, our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. And, Lord, with great expectancy, we believe, Lord, that even in the midst of shakings, your glory can be manifest. Your glory can come. And so, God, we ask you, fill this place, fill this auditorium, Lord, with your manifest presence, your glory. Come in our midst, O oh God. And, oh God, take us on. May we consider our ways and make right decisions, make decisions which will affect us even in eternity, forever and ever and ever. Lord, we pray, just seal this word to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen as the musicians come.